Hello and welcome to the Language Connection podcast, a series of conversations relevant to our English students here in Bolivia. My name is Luke and I'm one of the directors of Language Connection Bolivia and in today's episode I reconnect with my first ever student. I've been teaching English for about six years now, but my first general teaching experience came before that when I homeschooled a young brother and sister in Tanzania, East Africa. I reconnected with Holly, today's guest for this podcast, and in today's episode we talk about what it was like to have both myself and Miranda before me as homeschool teachers, how you can have a home in two different countries at the same time, and reasons that everyone should visit Africa if they get the opportunity. Hope you enjoy the show. Hello, Holly. Hi, Luke. <laughs> um, it has been a long time. Tell our listeners, how do you know me? How do we know each other? Well, when I was about seven years old, you were my homeschool teacher in Tanzania on a farm with my brother and my sister. So that was really yeah. cool. And, um, and how old are you now? I'm 15 years old. So it's been a while. Yeah, so I wanted to invite you to, to talk to us today because uh, you're not in Tanzania at the moment. Yeah, I'm, I'm in a, um, South Africa in a small town called Grahamstown um, and I go to a boarding school and it usually takes me like two days to travel from Tanzania all the way back to South Africa. So it is quite a long trip, but I mean, I love boarding school. It's awesome. I have so many friends here and I, I couldn't imagine my life back home at the farm. Right. So um, boarding school always scared me as an idea when I was a kid. It's like, whoa, whoa, take me away f from my family completely to go and study. That sounds very scary. But you, you just sounded very excited about it, even from the moment you went. Oh, no. Well, I was absolutely terrified in the beginning because I went when I was nine years old. So I, I must admit, I did cry quite a lot. But after the first year and you made, make some really like close friends that you'll have for life, then it gets a lot easier. And of course I miss my parents still, but there's so many good things here that keep you busy and keep your mind off that, that you don't think about that as much. And you can always like, I can always phone them and I talk to them, I FaceTime them and I have my brother here. So it's, it's pretty chilled. Yeah, um, it is really easy to stay in touch with someone online. We're talking across continents right now, uh, from Bolivia yeah. to, to South Africa. Um, and it's incredibly simple to do. Um, but still, it is a big kind of emotional investment when you go mm. somewhere, um, especially at such a young age and crossing countries as well to go to school in a, a totally different place. Um, how did you kind of break through this? Okay, it's exciting. I'm nervous, but to focus on the exciting parts. Just keeping busy. I, I love sport. I like, even if I'm not good at it, if I just go with my friends and keep busy, that made it so much harder. I mean, so much easier to like, just to fit in and find a group. And then you just do like crazy things. Like, so you do those things that you'll, you'll never forget. And yeah. So, yeah. Do you find your accent changes when you're in different countries? Absolutely. <laughs> me, and, me and my friends, we, we do this thing. We talk in British accents like all day because we just love them. But now I find that it's kind of like I'm actually talking kind of in a like my accents changed because I fake it so much. Now it's like completely changed. But so my mum and dad say I have such a South African accent like but yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> so tell us about those, those changes of accent over time. How do you describe your accent now compared to how it was before? I think I was a lot more 
like formal and more proper and trying to get the grammar better. But then in South Africa, I, you pick up on everyone else. So at the start, obviously you sounded like really weird. So you want to try and fit in because you don't want to stand out and have this like British accent because you homeschooled me. Like we had British teachers. We, we picked up on your accents. So when we came to boarding school, it was like we had a British accent and everyone else was speaking like South African and they speak <laughs> like Bud, you know, they're like always saying yeah and like. So I pick up on that. Um, yeah. So talking of British teachers, um, I'm not even the only language connection teacher that you had as a homeschool teacher. What was it like having Miranda as your homeschool teacher and then moving to me as your homeschool teacher as these crazy British people who have come to invade your lives? <laughs> well, I'm, I was obviously very small, but you were both awesome, like very different. Like you were more, I don't know, <laughs> Miranda was more... I don't know how to put it, but no, actually, <laughs> I'm really interested in what you're going to say. Let me just tell you what, what we always say at home when we, we're talking about ho- like, like how we were homeschooled. Um, and they always, they always say you were like a, th- a fourth child to them. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> yeah. And how you, how you used to read us those books. And then mum would be like, no, like you can't read us the hunger games and, all those things are too young. And then you but you loved the, the Hunger like, Games. I loved it, but we weren't allowed to. <laughs> um, but I, I remember Miranda taking us on a drive and she, <laughs> we were all putting our motorbike helmets on and our seatbelts and we had pillows. We were so mean to her, shame. But I guess, I guess Miranda was more a teacher and you were more, I guess, like a, like a friend, like, you know, because you were a lot more chilled. I'd never talked before. Hadn't you? No. <laughs> Your parents were Actually. very aware of this. Um, I'd never talked before. <laughs> no, this, it was a, you, you were kind of my first students ever. You got your mouth open in shock right now. <laughs> this was a, I this is news for you. I didn't expect that. No, I um, you had experience and like, cause you were really good. Like I learned a lot. Well, I just remember learning a lot. You, you, I think you learned a lot. But it's about yeah. letting the student teach themselves, getting them excited enough to, to teach themselves and, and organizing and structuring it. And you, you guys were great. You guys were easy to teach. Um, so I think we helped out each other there. <laughs> I think also you were more, you wanted to do those, those fun activities for yourself as well. Like, if that makes sense, like, absolutely, so we yes. could all be entertained. <laughs> but Miranda was more, she more did it like, she did it for our like more educational. She was obviously <laughs> super like, also super fun. But also I remember when we went to my granny and grandpa's house, we went, we tied Miranda, we tied Miranda <laughs> to a go-kart and we tried to push her in a fish pond. Okay, um, tell me more about this story in depth because I want to hear it all. We were really evil. So we decided there's like big fish, like, like that big in that pond and we're like oh my gosh Miranda you're gonna love our grandparents like it's gonna be so awesome (laughs) and then we're all playing on the go-kart right and then we're like strapping each other in so we wouldn't fall and then we're like oh Miranda do you want to have a go and she's like okay fine (laughs) so we strapped her in but we got extra ropes and we tied her so tightly I just remember this like 
she probably could have gotten out, but like, you know, we were little, so she was kind of like playing along with it. And so we pushed her all the way down the road and me and Cameron were, we were on the edge of the fish pond. We'd like, we'd taken out the fence so we could like push her all the way there so she couldn't escape. We were about to push her in and Gemma was like, no guys, that's not funny. And she comes and she unties all the ropes and Miranda runs free. It was wow. very disappointing. So Miranda had either engineered this, um, this amazing rescue through Gemma because she knew she could get out. Now I'm, I'm going to say the ages. So Gemma would have been nine. She's your older sister at that, about yeah. eight or nine at that time. And, and Cam would have been eight, by eight or seven at that time, right? No, um, if Jim was nine, he would have been six. And I I'm would sorry, have been yeah, five. yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. really young. So, uh, yeah, yeah, you managed to take over, take over uh, <laughs> Miranda, who was in her 20s at this time. I think it's quite an achievement, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I found it as a victory. Absolutely. Yeah, I still remember fighting you guys on the trampoline at some point. Oh, yes, I remember. And you taught us how to do like lots of tricks on the trampoline. I remember that. You taught me how to do a, a front flip. <laughs> but I can't do a front flip. I don't think but we got to front flips when I was with you. No, we did. We did. And then I hit my nose and I had a nosebleed and you didn't know what to do. So no, you no told idea. me to run for my mom. <laughs> She's a doctor. Then... That's a very good piece of advice. <laughs> you did not know what to do when that happened. No idea. It's, it's interesting, uh, the, the differences in cultures there, because you guys as kids were fearless. You feared nothing. Mm -hmm. Like, was there anything that you were scared of at that time? You were never really scared of hurting yourself. No, I, I actually don't think, no, there was one thing, was riding a horse with my dad, because that would just go. But I liked riding with you, because you could like kind of control them. Dad just, he just galloped and you have to hold on or like fall off. <laughs> That's true. But we never went on the same horse at the same time. I wouldn't have let you on that because I, because I, I can, I'm okay on a horse, but I'm not great on a horse. So it's kind of, okay, no, but, we'll go alongside but each you other. Went, you went and then the, who I think it was one of the horse boys, he like walked next to me. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't just me and you. It was like all three of us, I think. Yeah. Great story. I remember when Cam fell off the horse right in front of me once and I had to jump off and like make sure like he wasn't dead. <laughs> he was fine. <laughs> I have this, sorry, I, I need to, like, I just need to tell you this. Go ahead. I have such a clear, like, I was just thinking, we were on the tennis court and do you remember that big roller that we used to, because we have the grass I know exactly court, what you're going to say. <laughs> And then there was those girls there and you were trying to impress them. I so was as well. <laughs> yeah, we were playing cricket. Um, cricket big in South Africa, uh, big, big in Tanzania as well. Um, well, on, on the farm. And I was rushing to catch this ball that had just been launched up into the air. And it was, I even knew, I, I, I remember now, it, like, it's, I knew I wasn't going to quite reach this reach this ball as it was flying over my head uh, but I go running after it anyway because fun right um not looking where I'm going as well run into this massive roller and go like like jam my foot straight into the roller go over myself and slightly concuss myself it's the only time I've been probably concussed in my life because my brain was was messed up <laughs> it felt <laughs> the, the day after uh, it's like i, I don't I really know where i am an embarrassment for you like i was so embarrassed for you 
I loved it. Um, it was the strange kind of purple treatment that your that your mum gave me. Like she put these kind of bruise heels because my face was really cut up after this. Um, I've got a photo of me that's just like really cut up <laughs> after this. Um, but it's been added to with bits of purple that kind of fixed it in a way. <laughs> I think moments. we use that for the horses as well, but we're having fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> so... So, I mean, living with you and living with your family and, and teaching you guys every morning and kind of looking after you with activities in the, in the afternoon was my African experience. So it was, uh, hey, I was teaching, well, I was actually living in Spain when Miranda, who Language Connection people will know, said, hey, so I was teaching Holly and Cam and, and Gemma, the brothers and sisters in Tanzania, you, and I'm gonna move on at some point soon. Do you wanna take over from me? And I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. That sounds great. <laughs> um, I, I'm not sure what I'm doing, but the idea of moving to a new country and, and this opportunity sounds really interesting. I'm up for this, this sounds great. And so um, you guys were my African experience. And now people, obviously Africa is huge. Um, and the generalization that I just made myself is to think of one part of Africa as all of it. Um, and often yeah. even people in the UK thought that I was going back to, back to Africa when I said I was going to Bolivia. This is how much people know, right? <laughs> Your face has just gone really shocked when I said <laughs> that, but I've heard it several times. Oh, oh what's it like in Africa? Bolivia's in South America. Um, and it can be the same, like different parts of the world. We don't always hear about parts of the world. And that's why I wanted to talk to you and share your experience with, uh, with our Bolivian listeners a little bit. Um, what would you say, uh, what would you want to tell somebody about Africa that they might not know already about how it is to live there? Probably that there is so many different cultures. We like, even when I was just living on the farm, like just our family, quite isolated, there's so many like, there's, oh, I can't even name them all, but just in my school alone, there's like, like so many, and that's just in South Africa. And you go into Nigeria and you have like different, like there's, there's like different beauty standards even. Like in Nigeria, it's a beauty standard to be like really dark skin, but here in South Africa, if you're like light skin, if you're black and you're light skin, that's very attractive, you know? So I think, I think that's really cool. And all the different languages. Oh my gosh. I could go on about that forever because I mean, there's, there's Kusa, there's Zulu, there's Afrikaans, there's um, Swahili. There's like so many. So And, and those think, first three that you said are just in South Africa, right? Yeah. So tell our listeners, um, your native language is, you always grew up speaking English, right? But what, um, what languages were around you as you grew up? Swahili. So that's the Tanzanian, la Tanzanian language. It's not just called Tanzanian, but, um, <laughs> and I, I can't speak Swahili. Like it's very, very broken. I can get, I can get a few things across, but yeah, I grew up with that. My mom's German, but she never spoke German to us. So we never, never really heard that. What's your pass? Is your passport Zimbabwe or is your passport Tanzania? No, it's Zimbabwe. So we have two. It's Zimbabwe and German. Just so if we travel to Europe, it's a lot easier. And when we travel in Africa, it's easier. Yeah, it makes a big difference, I guess, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. uh, so kind of what do you what what nas what nationality do you feel? Definitely South African. Really, I, I have. Yeah, I, I think I, 
I do, like I have a lot of identity like I identify here you know I have so many connections here I feel like when you're little yes a lot of things have an impact on you but then also you don't you don't remember everything and so when I was nine and I lived here from a young-ish age and got to experience everyone and know all the cultures and everything I I definitely think like this is my home I love Tanzania like my farm is my home but I even refer to school being my home when I'm talking to my parents I'm like oh yeah I just went for a run but I'm back at home now if I'm back in the house you know so yeah yeah I mean, I think I do the same. I say I'm going home for Christmas, which means I'm going to the UK for Christmas. And then when I'm going back, I'm going back home again now, back to Bolivia. <laughs> um, so it becomes, uh-huh. <laughs> it becomes home is just the place you go back to rather than any, anything kind of... I try not to overthink it. I try not to overthink, like, you have to have one home. Like, I, I think more and more people who are, who are spending time in other countries aren't going to feel that only one country is their own. And you start to even think, what even is a country? Do you remember when we had this conversation with Cam um, and your dad used to, to mention this to Cam? It's like, he doesn't know what a country is. And, I mean, he was only seven years <laughs> old at the time, but I keep going back to this. <laughs> yeah, your dad used to do this. It's like, Cam, what's a country? And he would be like, I don't really know. And <laughs> to a certain extent, I agree with him because I mean, yes, it's a legal, there's a legal border that, that we make up and you have to cross it and you, uh-huh. you have a passports and visas. But I, I loved the idea that he was like, yeah, it's all, it's all just space, isn't it? Like it's an imaginary line. Like I, I think this, mm-hmm. was the, this was his problem. It's like, it's an imaginary line. A, a country is something that we've invented as humans, but he sees like, as, as a kid, we're seeing just geography, just open space and going, okay, well that bit's Zambia that bit's Malawi. If I go the other side of this lake where we used to go, like it was, oh, that's Malawi. I'm in Malawi now because I'm in the water, but I'm also in Tanzania. And I, and obviously it's like, yeah, I kind of get what you mean, Cam. I see what, I see what you're thinking because we make up <laughs> what countries are and uh, like someone struggling with that isn't, as a kid, as an adult, I would be like, hey, come on, <laughs> it's what's going on. But as a kid, I, I, didn't, I didn't think that was a, a different, like, something to go, oh, why don't you understand this? It's kind of, yeah, I see where you're coming. I see where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. So what, um, yeah. what, what kind of makes up how you feel at home then? So is it where your friends are, where you do, where you play sports, where you become educated? Probably the most time I've spent here. I only get to go home three times a year for four, four weeks each, usually. But Christmas is a six-week holiday. So I spend more time here. Definitely my friends make it a home. I like, I love my friends. I don't know what I would do without them. Um, sport. There's no sport like on my farm. I can play tennis, but I never experienced anything like hockey or netball or squash. And it was so amazing to come here and see all these new things and new opportunities and be able to like experience it and actually do it and improve, you know? So I feel like, that like journey of me growing up and learning all these different things made me part of South Africa and all the opportunities it brings, if that makes sense. Yeah. So do you think you're probably going to stay in South Africa even after you finish your education to live and work there? Or are these big questions that are not going to have strong answers yet? (laughs) I don't think very strong answers, 
but I do want to study in Scotland, in Edinburgh, but oh, wow. that's quite hard to get in. Yeah. Um, South Africa, it's, it's a bit scary because there is like a lot of gender-based violence and like a lot. So it is scary to live here and it's quite corrupt. But I mean, mm. where isn't corrupt, you know? But I, I like Britain, you know? I like their accent, so <laughs> I would go there. It's amazing what appeals, right? It, like, it's the accent. That's why I want to go and, and study there. Um, I mean, lots of, lots of our students want to study. Most of our students want to study in the US, I think, still. That's the most popular destination because there are often family links between, oh, my cousin lives in Virginia or whatever, something like that. And Canada's becoming more popular as well. Um, so what appeals about going and studying in the UK besides the accent? Again, different culture. I love learning about all these different things like in Scotland and like in Wales I can travel you can you can travel to so many places in such a short time you can my sister did the interrail and she went I think for two weeks she went to France Italy Germany Austria she went everywhere it didn't cost a lot and you can just you can just cross and that's that's amazing I, I can't even get my head around it that you can cross the border and you don't have to wait five hours to get through like like in Africa. So what do you have to do to cross the border into South Africa? What's the process? To fly. I fly so I drive first from my farm to the closest airport. Then I have a two hour flight and then I have a three and a half hour flight. And then I have a one and a half hour flight. And then I have another two hour drive and then I'm at, at school. So wow. It's, it is quite long. How do you get used to those long journeys? The excitement of going back to school or going back to home, really, <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't matter how long the distance is. Nice. That's really nice. Really nice. So um, if, if one of our students is picture, trying to picture South Africa and doesn't really know where to start, but what does South Africa look like? How, how big are the buildings? What, uh, what do the people look and sound like? How would you help them to visualize it? That's quite a hard question because it's so diverse. It's like everywhere in the world, like you get extremes. Because Cape Town, it has a beach. It's so beautiful there. I've only been once, but also where, where I stayed there, there was like a forest on the side and little cabins, like wood cabins, and they're, but really classy, very pretty. And then in the center of town, it's quite busy, lots of roads, quite a lot of traffic as well, but very, very modern. South Africa is probably the most modern country in Africa, mm -hmm. don't you think? The people, the people are, they're actually on a whole, I mean, I don't want to go too deep, but they're very friendly. I would say in Tanzania, definitely more welcoming, like you said, and there's, but there is a lot of, there's a lot of racial tension everywhere in the world, even in the US, mm -hmm. but there's, yeah, it's, it's quite hectic and you always, you don't want to overstep it. Do you know what I'm saying? So you, you I don't know how to, I don't know how to put it correctly, but you kind of get what I'm saying. Um, yeah, I do. Because I've always found that uh, people who are younger than me and people who've been in diverse cultures know how to speak about diverse cultures a lot better than people who I would usually get my information from. And by that, I mean 
like my parents, for example, just because it's the amount of experience you've spent in a diverse mm -hmm. culture that makes it, okay, these words are respectful, these words aren't. Um, these words are respectful because of this, these words are not respectful because of this. Um, and that can be really difficult to understand until you live in that kind of situation and, and meet people who are different yeah. to you, right? Definitely. Learning to, let me just tell you that the hardest thing about boarding school was, yes, being away from my parents was hard, but learning to accept that people have different opinions to me and that's okay when I was little. It's you know? hard. Yeah. But you, you learn. It's still hard for me now if someone disagrees with me. I'm like, no, I'm right. <laughs> How do you not see my point of view still? <laughs> but, but I'm getting better, I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's important. So talking of travel in Africa then, um, if someone were to want to visit and just go, okay, I want to see this continent, like this, this continent and find out more about it, where would you recommend? What countries would you recommend doing some research of, looking at photographs of? I think I might be biased. That's good though. You, like, we want experience <laughs> from, from someone who's, who's actually lives there. Well, Mozambique is, it depends where you've come from. If you, from Europe, and you want to experience more like rural things and more shops on the side of the road, that kind of vibe and just like beach, you know, get in your car, drive to the beach, you know, like, you know, just live, just live in the moment. Then I think Mozambique, a lot of my friends have been there because it borders South Africa. I don't, I think I've been there when I was little, so I can't really remember it. Tanzania is also amazing because you can go to Zanzibar, which is so beautiful with it clear water like white sand and that's that's also really cool but you can yes. also go to like there's i don't know so many places you could go to i spent a new year in zanzibar which was really really nice oh nice lucky <laughs> yeah so it, like the indian ocean one side what you're talking about with that, how clear that water is the, the shade of blue on that water was was clearer than any anything else I've seen, and then there are islands next to next to Zanzibar that I went to. So, have you you must have been to Zanzibar, or are you just talking about it from? Oh. No, 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 I've been to Zanzibar. Yeah. but did Zanzibar. you also go to the island next to it, not Pemba, but Mafia? Yeah, I, I've been there. Oh man, it was so also. good. It was so good. Wow. Um, the snorkeling there was incredible. It's probably the most beautiful natural thing I've seen in oh. the in the world. I just remember going out with some guy on a boat, like no one knew where I was. I was the only person <laughs> on this island who knew where I was. Um, and it's like, hey, can, can we go on your boat? Yeah, let's do it. Um, and he sat on the boat staying there and just like on his phone. Well, everybody gave me a snorkel and let me go. And I'm like, okay, this is, there's some rocks here, but this is just like, a no this is nice, but this is normal. And then I put my head underwater and it's like, whoa, okay. Every single color that I knew was on a fish that day. Um, I was just going around. Yo, it was incredible. That, incredible. That's amazing. When we went there, we went kite surfing because dad is quite outgoing. Incredible. He doesn't just like to lie on the beach. So we learned how to kite surf and you have to practice with the kite like this and you just practice with it before you go into the water. Mm -hmm. And we spent, I think, three days just trying to learn how to kite surf. And it is the most rewarding feeling when you get up and you manage to steer it. It's 
like phenomenal. How fast are you going when you're kite surfing? Um, it felt really fast, but <laughs> <laughs> I bet I it was know how though. Fast it was. <laughs> yeah, that sounds incredible. And all these things are just available. Um, it, it exists. Yeah. All of it exists. All these. I think South Africa has a really strong reputation for kind of extreme sports and shark cage diving. And have you been in a shark cage? Have you ever? Does that appeal to you? No. I am never going in a shark cage in my whole entire life. With a cage? I would, I would do that. And then the cage, have you not seen any shark movie? The cage is going to break, the shark is going to come and eat you and you will die and no one knows where you are. Yeah, but the cage isn't going to break. <laughs> the cage breaking is the, is the fiction that they test the cage before. It's like bungee, like kite surfing. If the, if the cable snaps, you're on the other side of the ocean or flying away in something. Have you never seen those kite surfing movies, Holly, where everything goes wrong? There's no kite surfing movies. You can't even make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this extreme. And then, of course, we, we, we can't gloss over the fact that the safaris. Wow, wow, wow. The seeing elephants, massive elephants up close. I've seen them so many times, but it never gets old. Their size, I mean, their foot is bigger than my head. <laughs> and giraffes, like, they look so weird. Like, they're a real thing. Yeah, you know? that was my thought too. When I first saw a giraffe in the, in the kind of, in the distance, in, in, in the wild, and it's like, oh, I mean, I knew they existed, but now I've got proof. They're so big, like, uh, <laughs> they, they do exist. <laughs> yeah. Even the little things like all the pretty birds and so many different colors and the, the chameleons that change, you know, those really cool ones that change color, but like, obviously all chameleons change color, but ones that go like really fast. So you put okay. them on an orange shirt and then they change straight away. I that think that's great. my favorite. That yeah. sounds great. Sounds great. The, um, I, I managed to go to and, and live in, in Tanzania for eight months and never saw a lion. You didn't see a lion. No, I never saw a lion. Did see a leopard though. Um, we were just we were driving. Uh, this is when I, I went with some some friends out to out to Malawi. I say friends. I knew them for a week beforehand. It's like we're going to Malawi <laughs> for the weekend. Do you want to come with us? Yes. <laughs> yes, of course I do. <laughs> that sounds great. Um, and then we were driving in this in this uh, this range, uh, not really seeing very much. But then suddenly, as it as it goes dark, a leopard with a cub in her mouth. Um, comes out in front of the car. We're going slowly. We don't, we're not at risk of hitting it or anything. Um, but it comes out in front of us, looks at us for a couple of seconds, and then off into the bush and gone. We'll never see that again. And then, and then the next day, I remember we did a bike safari the day after. And I'm like, last night I saw a leopard here. So, and we're just on our bikes. Uh, like, is this what we're supposed to be doing? Yeah, it sounds great. The zebra over there, it's, it's really good. Really cool. Um, we have a farm, like you can see Mount Kilimanjaro in the background and on the airstrip, so many eland and zebras mm -hmm. and they're all just mixing together. And so we go on the motorbikes. I can't, I don't even have words. You drive through them, they split. You just get this rush of energy. It just, it's, I can't explain it. It's amazing. Wow. Was it, I think it was yourself when, when um, 
We were down. So uh, on the on the farm where you have it, it's an avocado. I should maybe give an introduction. Um, it's an avocado farm um, that we were on, um, and it's really beautiful, really beautiful. But as well, you had uh, some animals going on as well. And I remember that every day your four cows you had at the time uh, would go down yeah. in the valley a little bit to graze, and then you'd need them to be taken back up to close to the house in the evening. And so we would go on a horse ride kind of once every once every day because you had some horses. And I remember, I think I was with you. It might have been with Cam. Um, with you, we suddenly come across the cows at the bottom and we're on the horseback at this time and we were okay now. We'd practiced, we were okay. And I, I turned, was it you? I, I, I no, turned to I and just it, went. That was Cameron. Okay. That was definitely Cameron. We turned to each other, looked at each other, just went, okay, let's do this. Um, and, and then we, we shepherded the, the cows back up the back up the hill. And one of these cows is a massive bull, by the way. Um, but it was. Bruce was his name, I think. Bruce was a friendly cow. He was so scared of everything, but he had huge he? horns and he was massive. And I remember like, all right, Bruce, I know you are big, <laughs> but you don't know you're big. So like, okay, let's make some noise. And the horse just knows what to do. Uh, like, it's strange how they just understand like, like mm-hmm. okay, let's go. And, and they remember them rushing up to the top of the, back up to, back up to the house as well. I'm like, well, I'm glad that didn't go wrong. So yes, I mean, I think the thing is great when you uh, get to experience more countries than just the one that you were born in. Um, and I think a lot of our students think about doing that, but um, don't know what the second country might be or hasn't, haven't really given some thought to it. So, I mean, hopefully this has put another country on the map of like, oh, okay, this exists. I, sh- I, should, I should do some research, find out about like just the natural geography is such, a, such an amazing starting point for Africa. And then... I would like to go back at some point. I have to see a lion, right? So I have to, I have to go back one day. I, I have no idea when. South Africa, definitely. Because there's civilization, but then there's also safaris and wildlife and good lodges. And, you know, it's a nice balance. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll definitely pay attention to that. Thank you for your time today, Holly. It's been really good catching up with you over like Ooh. eight years of... of <laughs> Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah, I've got, I've got no sign-off. I've got no good sign-off. <laughs> <laughs> Normally in podcasts, it's like, oh, here's a thing I want to promote. But do you want to promote anything? <laughs> I got nothing to promote. <laughs> All right, good. Then you promoted Africa. You promoted uh, a different part of the world. <laughs> thank you, Holly. And thank you for listening to the second episode of the Language Connection podcast. If you would be interested in learning English with us, or if you know somebody else who would be interested in learning English with us, then contact us. 78496717 is our number for WhatsApp. We can give you a free diagnostic test to find out where your level is at the moment and recommend the perfect class for you. We're Language Connection on Instagram and Language Connection Bolivia on Facebook for more information about us and what we do. Until next time, I've been Luke. Thank you again to Holly for being with us and we'll see you next time.